0: Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to uh, the answering questions from Reddit. I was about to say the Lucky Rants. That is my other channel. <laughs> and welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I am your host, Lucky. And today, we're going to another mental health subreddit, which is going to be today, Asperger's, one of my favorite subreddits. You know, I feel like I have a little too much fun with Asperger's. Mainly, and you know, that's not like a knock on people who have Asperger's. I'm not trying to make fun of them. I'm just trying to say they sound a lot like me, which... It's very telling, and, you know, but I'm not too sure. Because every time they say things, I'm like, I totally get you, man. But, you know, let's check out. I, I mean, I read like a couple of the headlines for the first three posts. So a couple of these are pretty interesting questions. So let's check out this first one. Anybody else have the unique experience that is ADHD, autism, combo, hell? Excuse me. I think one good example straight away is the impulsivity and desire to do things spontaneously, growing tired of doing things repeatedly excuse me repetitively repetitively that is simultaneously contradicts my desire to keep a steady schedule with no surprises because i'm constantly switching up my schedule on a dime because i get anxious so i plan it out which in turn makes me uh, really stressed because i didn't plan for these things to happen and now have to work around it i'm laughing because it sounds just like me okay i'm getting another, another relatability uh surge right now feels like my brain is constantly working against me to be honest there's probably better examples than that, but that's all I can think of at the moment because I'm tired and in the midst of a, another sleep schedule crisis once again. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a a lot of times different. Let's see. What would I say? Mental difficulties lend into other mental difficulties, and they kind of just feed, it, feed off of each other, as I've talked a lot about on this podcast, which is my depression and my social anxiety. Sometimes they tend to work together against me you know sometimes where you know i don't want to do something but then my my social anxiety you know my social anxiety is like uh don't go there and then my depression is like yeah don't go there because then we'll feel bad about ourselves so they both kind of get defeating each other so um i don't get exactly this one obviously you know i don't have autism i don't have i probably have like a mild case of adhd but nothing like super nothing as bad as what i've heard about it you know so uh but yeah good luck with that one i didn't i don't know exactly how to answer this but uh you know, especially with autism being something that's not exactly something that you can control, right? So, um, you know, best of luck with that. I always, I think the answer to a lot of these things are is to have a good community and to have a good, uh, yeah, I mean, mainly to have a good community, but, you know, also to have those, those people that anchor you to this world um, with any mental illness, but just any mental difficulty or difficulty that you have. Community is probably the most important thing for you, so. keep your chin up and hopefully everything works out for you. Can someone help me explain? uh, Can someone help explain to me how to get on disability as a high functioning autistic? I'm so fed up. I can't spend the rest of my life like this. That's very interesting. I live in New Hampshire. If that information is necessary, I've been working since I was 16. I'm 21 for context. I was diagnosed when I was six. I just can't do it anymore. It's far too much. I have no energy for anything before and after work. I'm also very NT passing and have been sucking it up and proving that i can handle things to people my whole life and i'm over it but i'm worried i'll be denied services because of that i don't even know how to go about this in the first place i just need everything to stop i'm not too sure how it works you know i knew somebody who was schizophrenic and was on disability i've known certain people but i don't know a whole lot of people um especially when you're a high functioning person that's very tough to make an argument for um you know i would probably see uh i would at least try and go about it you know see what they need do the best you can if it doesn't work out then you know you're kind of stuck there but you know try and i would say try and pick up some hobbies as well you know you say you don't have you don't have energy before and after but i i think that once you get into the mode of saying hey i want to do this or i want to do that i think you'll start to get a little bit uh a little bit more energy as you go along because you're going to be doing something that you actually like to do instead of just, you know, I, like I used to hang out with my friend and jam, jam all the time, like after work and stuff. And I remember just thinking, Oh, I don't have any energy. And then once I would go to my friend's house, I'd be like, Oh, I got all the energy in the world, you know? So I think picking up those hobbies that make you feel, uh, that make you feel alive, you know, cause obviously work takes a lot out of you. You know, I, <laughs> I worked the retail, retail gig and everything. And, you know, it was not, it, it wasn't fun. It, let's just be real. It, it was not fun. Um, but as you go through life, you and you find the things that make life exciting. I think it is. Um, I think it's really a key, a key point for you to kind of get through. So um, you know, good luck with that. I don't know the whole legal side of that, but um, I, I, it's not looking too great, at least from what I've heard about disability. But you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, let's see here. Anyone else find themselves being labeled by others as cynical, bitter, jaded, negative, pessimistic, etc.? Yeah, I mean, it's an, it's interesting. I used to be that way quite a bit, actually. I was very cynical because I felt like I understood the complexities of the world more than I actually did. Like, I felt like I just knew that the world was a piece of shit place and that uh, it wasn't worth it. Therefore, I should just give up on it. But as I started going through life, I started realizing that the world was a lot more complicated than I ever was going to figure out you know maybe there were some things that i could know for sure but even then you know there were things that life would send my way i think that's partially why i became religious you know because there were so many things that life threw my way that i just i needed something outside of myself to control those things which was god for me but you know i i think people find that answered in different ways and you know i don't think there's anything wrong with cynicism as long as it doesn't go too far i mean same thing with faith same thing with um pretty much anything same thing with uh with optimism, right? There's, there's such a uh, thing as top uh, toxic uh, optimism as well, you know, happens all the time, you know, it's like, oh yeah, this will be fine. This will be fine. It's like, no, you can't lie to yourself about things. You can't be uh, hopelessly optimistic. You still have to do things that, um, you, you, you definitely have to learn to be realistic as well. Right. And that's, a that's tough. That's tough as you go through, um, as stuff as you go through things, so uh, hold on. Uh, what the hell does this? Oh, sorry. Everybody kept on writing this word and this uh, acronym NT, and I guess it stands for neurotypical. An abbreviation of neurotypical, uh, neurologically typical, is a neo- uh, neo- neologism widely used in the autistic community as a label for non-autistic people. Gotcha. Okay, I was so confused about that, dude. I was like, "What is an NT? Is it like an EMT?" But you know, <laughs> I was way off on that. Uh, so yeah, uh, going back to the the um, the person before. Yes, I mean, I, I think sometimes people are going to be be labeled that way anyway. But I think that there's also we also need people like that in our lives that that question the world that see the world a certain way because we need multiple viewpoints to butt heads you know I was talking about this uh, in an earlier podcast that we need competition out there or else it starts to you know our ideas start to get pretty dull right like you need a you need a, a strong I don't know what the fuck you call those things but you know those things that sharpen swords like a whetstone or anything like that uh, I played too many fucking RPGs and stuff, but, you know, a whetstone or something like that. Like you need something strong to sharpen something strong, you know? So, you know, keeping yourself sharp by hanging around with people that are cynical or, you know, pe- people that maybe you don't agree with is really, it's something that I've learned over my life that it's it's actually one of the biggest blessings you can ever have. Because then you, if once you get into a think tank of people, whoo man, it starts to get rough out there, man. It starts to get... You start to think you're always right because all your friends are never saying anything to you. And yeah, it starts to get pretty crazy. But before I go on a rant, let's go to the next post. How do I explain my grumpy mini overload or sorry, mind overload meltdown to an an NT friend? Okay, so this is where we get into the NT. So remember neurotypical meaning non-autistic. I wish they just put NA, but whatever i'd like to apologize to a friend who, to whom i have been rude he called me really late in the evening when i was tired to tell me about a chance of a plan uh a chance of plan uh i was really tired and irritable excuse me irritable and his inability to listen to me caused me to snap i crumped at him in an aggressive tone through the phone for him to shut up and i made a sliding comment i acknowledge that i was rude and wrong he deserves an apology uh hold on he deserves an apology i would like the opportunity to explain to him what happened for me he just thinks that I'm trying to make excuses. I hope to achieve that. He, uh, I hope to achieve that he would. Okay, sorry, that didn't make too much sense. I hope to achieve that he would understand me better to repair our relationship and make it stronger. Can you please recommend some resources for me, a cartoon or something easily digestible is pref- uh, preferred over scientific texts. Um, I don't, I wouldn't know of like a cartoon or something that would help you. Um. Huh. I think, you know, I obviously, you know, I think it's not one of the things that comes with this is the overthinking aspect of it, right? Um, I think letting him know your situation would be the best part of the, would be the best thing about this. You know, I, I remember I, I ended up apologizing to my band teacher because I, I, I was going through a, like a, a shit a piece of shit period. You know, I think we all have those piece of shit periods where we were, we're a piece of shit, uh, kind of like the loser period where I was talking about, uh, but I was a really big piece of shit in my senior year of high school. You know, I felt like I could do anything. I had a girlfriend at that point point. I wanted to go to dinner with her instead of going on this band trip, which was mandatory by the way, it was a mandatory band trip. And I, you know, I, I didn't like being told what to do. I didn't like being told what to do. And when the band teacher said, no, this is mandatory. You all have to go to what the fuck was it? Uh, pure, 30 over in San Francisco or something sky Skywalker Ranch and I was like no I don't want to fucking go to that and you know he they, they weren't taking no for an answer because it was a mandatory thing and I was like uh, I don't want to and you know I didn't want to pay for it I didn't want to do this and you know instead of explaining all this to the teacher I just kind of didn't go I I legitimately just uh, just I, I didn't show up for school I didn't. Uh, I didn't do certain things, and uh, yeah, man. And then I, I think I just ended up. Uh, I think I ended up going to school. Like anyway, like I was just at school, not doing anything. Um, during those periods, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I. It was something that I had to explain to my my teacher later. I was like, "Hey, listen, I think it's maybe like two or three years afterwards," and I said, "Hey, listen, I just wanted to apologize for that that band trip thing. I was going through a lot of depression and all that stuff, and." It wasn't for an excuse. It was just like, listen, I, I, I didn't mean to disrespect you like that. Like, listen, you have the authority. You had the authority there and you had every right to be mad at me. You know, so being as sincere as you can is going to be the key thing. And, you know, obviously and good good for you for, for reaching out and trying to find maybe something that's a little bit more digestible. Because a lot of times I find with people who have maybe poor social skills or anything like that is one thing that they need is some type of example to like exactly mimic so that they can they can um, copy it. I don't know if that's like, if it's like that in autistic, um, people with autism's case, right. But, uh, usually at least for me, I usually, um, like to find somebody or especially when I was, uh, really, I had really poor social skills. I really had to look to somebody at, for an example and figure out, okay, so what are they doing here? Why are they doing this? Why are, you know, uh, just cause I was a big, a bit of an overanalyzer. Now I don't do it as much just because I have like the foundations of some core some core social skills that, you know, I can kind of survive off of if I need to. But, you know, as you go along and get the experience and stuff, I mean, there's nothing better than than that. So uh, let's check the next post out. Uh, Interesting. How long did it take you to fully realize that you were the one that didn't understand social interaction, not the other way around? Oh, interesting one. I just realized today at 29, just how much I've misunderstood, misinterpreted social interactions, facial expressions, emotions, etc. over the years. I also, I always knew that I had social difficulties, but I didn't realize how bad it actually was. It was like I was living in a completely different world. I'd usually think everyone else was crazy or misunderstanding, and I'd sometimes get upset, be passive aggressive, or lash out based on incorrect assumptions I'd made about people. Felt like I was fighting the world. Now I realize it was me all along, and that was the, and that was the odd duck. For context, some of my behavior is probably the result of being triggered by past trauma as well. That being said, I can now see how autism could easy, be easily confused with borderline personality disorder or bipolar disorder. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of that, um, of autism being confused with those two. I could see some of the overlap there. The fact, um, I, don't, I don't know about bipolar, Bipo- uh, per- borderline personality disorder is, is, is a little bit Different than that, but uh, I, if anything, I've heard of bipolar. Uh, sorry, borderline personality disorder getting confused for, um, uh, for uh, sorry, BPD uh, getting confused for bipolar disorder, but or borderline personality disorder. Never heard about it the other way around, but yeah, that's interesting. i I've, like I said, I've never heard of those being confused for autism. If anything, I've heard of like social anxiety sometimes being confused for autism. Um, but no, I mean, I think. Uh, I think one of the things that you re- you start to realize is, see, there's, there is something to, you know, m- the more people that are, you know, believe a certain way. And if you believe another way, there may be something that you need to reanalyze in yourself, not saying that it's always going to be true, right? Not saying that you're always like, just because the crowd believes it means doesn't mean that you're not wrong, but and once you, once you, you have to put it up to scrutiny, right? Um, that's usually how I determine it now. Of course there's going to be certain things that you're going to stick to your guns on but you know it, it's interesting I had a lot of like I, I I say I say sociopathic qualities when I was younger but I you could probably confuse it for autism where I would just see somebody cry and I didn't know I didn't know what they wanted you know I just I didn't know what they wanted out of me you know it's like what what do you what do you want like do you want me to comfort you do you you know instead of actually going up to them and taking the initiative to comfort that person or you know things that maybe a normal person would do and i did have some sense of social interaction mainly because of my friends i mean if my if my friends hadn't befriended me man i would have been a fucking lunatic you know um and that's the the thing about uh not not with autism in particular but like people who are not on the spectrum and who have poor social skills man that's typically i mean if you hear about these these shooters and stuff once again, not linking this to autism, but when you see these shooters and stuff, they typically have really poor social skills. They only like they only interact like with one person, like at the was it the Columbine shooting or the Virginia Tech shootings. I can't remember which one. Um, it was just two guys that just knew each other and they just decided, oh, yeah, but they didn't get along with anybody else. And so as you go along with life, you start to realize how much social interaction with other people will ground you. Because it's typically those people that are out of the social circles that will um, how should i say that are more likely to commit those things but you know in autism's case it's more likely that they'll just not be understood by other people you know i mean i, I remember there was a story on a podcast uh, the fighter and the kid with uh, brendan schaub and brian callan and they were talking about uh, this this uh, person with who was on spectrum was on was working at a restaurant and he like he couldn't comprehend certain things. And so he ended up, uh, he was like a bus boy, you know, those people that like take the dishes off the table and stuff. And he was, you know, there was a chair in the way. And well, there was a guy in the way and instead of, you know, what the normal thing would do would be to uh, go to go around and go around another table. Right. Instead of trying to go through this path. But this, this, uh, this young man, I think maybe like it is 20 or something like that on the spectrum. He didn't understand that. He just saw there was like this one way And so he looked at the person in the way and he just said, move. And he kept saying it very, very aggressively. But, and then the guy got really mad and he said, you know, you want to do this? You want to do this, man? And he just, and he kind of just looked at him and he said, move. He didn't know, he didn't know what to say to, to, like, he didn't realize that there was like, uh, there was like conflict brewing and he didn't know exactly how to stop it. Uh, when he did start to notice things. And I, I don't know if he did notice it or not, but, um, and then, and then, like uh, somebody came out of the back, and you know, kind of explained the situation. The guy felt really bad because he has a son on the spectrum. So, uh, and they got they became friends later. But uh, you know, I think that's it's it's really weird when you start to realize that you're the only one in your friend group, especially that have has certain problems. Like I was, I so far, I think I'm the only person to have ever hallucinated out of my friends in terms. Uh, well, maybe without drug intervention. How about that? Um, you know, so you know, as you. As you start to deal with um, as as you start to uh, deal with more and more people, you start to realize there's a lot of people who haven't experienced certain things that other people have, you know, So I don't really hold it against anybody. I don't really think, excuse me think I'm better or worse than people or anything like that. I just tend to look at it like, hey, we've been through different things, and that's okay. No big deal. so. You know, that's usually my, my thoughts on those things. Uh, let's check out one more. Having kids, am I even fit for it? Hey, guys and gals. I was recently diagnosed with ADD and Asperger's in a relatively high age. Um, my fiance has reached an age where having kids is her main goal and she is pressuring hard for it. I'm, however, really torn and thought some of you might have some uh, helpful insights. I'm afraid of having kids for their sake. I have a hard time creating relations to, to people, a low tolerance for noise and stupidity, which is <laughs> in any view... Of course, subjective and uncontrollable. Even though I ha- I know I might be in the wrong, and from time to time, I'm generally scared that I cannot handle having a kid because I would I want to be a great father to them, and uh, should it happen, is it easier with one's own kids more so than for other people? Do you learn to cope, or do you accept the shortcomings and rely on your partner? Okay, I was going to say that last part is very key to this. Listen, each partner brings something to that uh, to the, par- the parentship, right? To the um, to, you know, being parents, right? And you have to rely on your partner for the things that you lack, right? Um, you know, one thing that I'm going to need to rely on my partner for whenever I get married and have kids and stuff, right, is uh, to be a little, to be tolerant for my for my kids. Even though I can keep calm, sometimes I let things get to me. Like, even my my nephew has sometimes, like, like I remember, I shaved off my beard, and my nephew just kind of avoided me for like I think he avoided me like the plague for like two or three weeks. It was wild. Like he, he, he had to wait for my beard to grow back, and now I can't even like I, I'm afraid to even shave it off. Um, so I get actually get pretty, I, I get pretty offended pretty easily. So, uh, my ex would probably i oh, was sorry, my ex, my what the fuck? I'm already I'm already divorced. In my in my fantasies, uh, my <laughs> my my wife or you know, my wife would probably have to be the one that. That takes some of the, the the tougher things out of it, whereas I could still be strict, but I wouldn't be able to deal with some of the scrutiny that kids have or some of the, you know, the, some of the, the BS that they bring out. So, you know, uh, yes, you are fit for it, though. You you ha- if you have a relationship and you have somebody that that you're married to and, you know, she wants to have kids, then our fiance, sorry, um, then. That is a wonderful thing, and I'm so grateful for you. I'm so happy for you, and I just want to say you are absolutely fit for it. I mean, we've we've heard people on Aspergers on the um, on the uh, on the subreddit who have kids and are talking about and have been talking about certain things. So, you know, best of luck with you. Best of luck with the kids, and you know, may you have a happy future. As always, guys, don't forget you check out all things casual in the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual@gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.